0: Oh, and welcome to the music teacher coffee talk podcast i'm carrie and i'm tanya we are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop preferably over a steaming cup of coffee
1: this is episode 19. today we're concluding our summer book club with talk of chapter 7 of world music pedagogy volume 2 by amy beagle and christopher roberts
0: we'll also share highs and lows from our summer vacation. And in our coda section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room.
1: So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started.
0: So now it's time for us to share some highs and lows from, from our summertime. From our yeah, summertime, not summertime from antics. Yes. No.
1: But mine is child related. Okay. Okay. So, um, my general low is, uh, well, we went to the beach. Well, that's yes. not that's not a low. That that's a high. But so both of us and our families, well the Colorado Beach like the, Yeah, let's yeah.
0: clarify. This is not the ocean. No,
1: this is not. <laughs> for us it was very exciting. Yes, it's a lake. It's a lake
0: that has a nice little beach.
1: Yes. And Carrie has a paddleboard. It's awesome. <sighs>
0: You're stealing my high, Tanya. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Keep going.
1: <laughs> anyway, so um my son is almost 13 and if you have anyone in your, you know, realm who's almost 13 you know it can be a little argumentative about things anyway <laughs> in this case it was about sunscreen so we yeah. yeah we sunscreened him up at the very beginning of the day um a couple hours later we were doing the sunscreen again and my son jude is like i'll do it just don't don't get I'll don't, do touch, it. Me, don't touch me i'm gonna do it <laughs> and um needless to say he spent the next two days lying around, um, because he had such a bad sunburn and it, it's a very interesting splotchy sunburn. It looks like, um, I don't know. It looks like somebody left a bunch of sunscreen yeah, on. It looks like spots. a handprint.
0: It but looks but like the rubbing.
1: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> that, w- that's been a low is the, um, Lack of sunscreen and a sunburn, and I have been there with with horrible sunburns, and this is not good, and I really should have just, this is a parenting fail, because I should have said, no, I will put sunscreen on you, you can't reach, let me do it, stand here, right? Right. So, now, you know, live and learn, but I just feel bad, because they say, you're more prone to skin cancer, depending on how many times you've been sunburned as a child. But well, I don't hold me to that. I don't know for positive. I think of
0: like back in the day when you know we didn't put on sunscreen and we put on like tanning oil to like bake and cook. I mean, at least it's not that bad.
1: Well, what was that
0: stuff called that we would put on? The coconut oil? Co- yeah, I mean, yeah, there was like stuff you put on to like try to attract more sun.
1: Yeah. People put baby oil on and Still? like Still? No, no. Oh. <laughs> <me>. But um <laughs> The sun is more potent now to our skin.
0: Yeah, no, I know. And it's
1: bad. Yeah, when I when when I was a kid, um, another thing that was like in vogue was people would put these like stickers on their skin. Oh,
0: so then when you so, take them off, it looks like you have a little tattoo. It's like a little tattoo. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. So you
1: burn around a star or right. something,
0: right? Right, because that's so. cool. <laughs>
1: So uh, yeah. Copious amounts of sunscreen is yes. really important.
0: Yes, especially if you visit Colorado. Uh-huh. People who might be vacationing here. You gotta put on the sunscreen. Yeah, you know
1: what? In Germany, I didn't find any suns I mean, we brought her on sunscreen. Yeah. But it was n- not an issue. No. It was interesting. In
0: Colorado you have to be so careful. Yeah.
1: All right, so All that right. was my low. Oh Send well, burn.
0: okay. It relates <laughs> to my high. So we got a stand up paddle board. Yay. Um, when we were on our little vacation I talked about last time. In Wisconsin, there's this beautiful little lake, and when we had gone to Costco right before, they had inflatable stand-up paddle boards, and I have done it before, and I was like, I really want my own. I really want my own. And so so it was was quite a purchase, but I told my husband it's my birthday present for like the next 10 years because (laughs) I really wanted it, and I'm glad that we got it, and the kids love it. So it's a big thing out here at the lake that we like to go to. Here in Colorado. and
1: Gwendolyn oh I'm sorry my Is daughter that okay? that's yes okay. your daughter she paddled me all over the place uh, yeah
0: my daughter's super into it I mean both of my kids are but my daughter's really really into it and so it's fun so it just gives them you know something else to do besides swimming and they can paddle around the lake and give each other rides and awesome. I've only fallen in once so that's good yeah and Tanya paddleboarded and
1: I didn't fall in I was and so excited she didn't fall
0: in <laughs> yeah so that's that's my high we're spending lots of time at the beach yeah doing lots of paddleboarding And remembering our sunscreen.
1: Yes. So our main theme today is Chapter 7, the last chapter of World Music Pedagogy, Volume 2. And this chapter is t- entitled uh, Surmountable Challenges and Worthy Outcomes. And it's a whole wrapping it up and really drives home the whole, you really should do this and here's why. I mean, you know, it's a review. And this was made clear also at the very beginning of the book. But I'm going to read something that I really liked. Yes. was, um, well, the first sentence here. Uh, the goals of world music pedagogy fall into two categories. Children's musical growth and children's cultural competence, which I, you know, highlighted, yeah. or the ability to appreciate, understand, and interact with people from cultures different from one's own. Which, all throughout the book, we've gotten, we've, this is a big takeaway is that it's this, um, reiterating this whole music is something that brings people together and cultures together mm-hmm. and to be musically not just musically literate but to be like culturally literate and to be open and understanding of other people music is a wonderful avenue to go there through yeah and
0: they gave um a really interesting example of two different classrooms responding to a a world event and so it was talking about responding to an election of someone
1: who what, um what election in an election
0: who? who could this be about it was it was very funny but um
1: it, well, I, I was focusing in on the
0: policies that, the, yes that might make kids nervous that the particular
1: candidate
0: immigration vowed to yes. keep
1: immigrants out and how this yes. might make some students nervous exactly and so. this is a, so I remember at the time something I read on Facebook from lots of teachers that yes. I know and this was.
0: This was a big issue my school. This was a school. big issue, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it talked about how a teacher at a school that has lots of students from El Salvador would respond to something like that by having the students embrace their own culture, playing music from El Salvador, and asking the students questions like, well, first of all, saying, I've never been to El Salvador. What, what are some of the best things you can tell me about it? And Just having right. people feel good, having the kids feel good about their culture and feeling proud. Whereas another student in a different school down the road who doesn't have that same demographic another in their teacher. school, yeah, that they're going to play some music from El Salvador in a way to have students understand and appreciate music that's a culture that's not their own yeah. um, with different types of questions and different type of listening activities. But I just, I just really like the idea of responding to a current event mm-hmm. that does affect kids in different ways and how that is a way that we can as as teachers um respond in a way that's appropriate.
1: So, I'm curious as I was reading this and I was really impressed. I was like this is this is great because it's so very recent and yes. it's so very relevant. Yes. And I I want to I want to be that teacher who is but I want honestly the approach of using world events to spark you know which culture you're you're studying that is the one that makes me the most uncomfortable yeah and yeah um mostly because i'd be worried about parent pushback that is true because i'm I, when you look at these two situations and they're talking about the day after the election and in both of these scenarios the each music teacher changes up what they're going to do in the car they were like i know
0: yeah, <laughs> both of those examples like in the car, in the car they car. decided to but with with the understanding that there was lots of preparation yes. work in these lessons that they already had it all planned they already out. had yes. it planned they were just going to do these lessons at a later time but mm-hmm. thought oh but, i'm going to pull them in now but right. yes continue yes. keep going. anyway so
1: <laughs> i'm just wondering if the timing the timing of that is is great you know in your classroom because it's all fresh but is the timing of that also fraught with issues are kids going to go home
0: (sighs) I totally see what you're saying because in my school like I said the vast majority of families were on the side of of concern of themselves and their family members as far as immigration and so playing music of any sort of Hispanic or Latino heritage would be embraced by most but Mm -hmm. not all I mean there are definitely some families who might have pushed back against that because it might have, have seemed disrespectful to our current politicians. Right. So, yeah. yeah, you have to know your community. And I guess that was the point of what it's saying, is know your community, know what's going to not, you know, serve your students, but, yeah, also yeah. not I could too just many see feathers. Yeah, I
1: could see getting <laughs> emails or getting phone calls saying, ah, oh, the day after the election, and then you start piping in some immigrants, which is a horrible thing for me to suppose. But it could happen.
0: But it could happen, it and could that's happen. real life, so
1: and, yeah. know
0: your audience. Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> but that would be so sad to avoid doing something for fear of that, so I guess I just right. need to...
0: <sighs> yeah, and just be, I guess, be ready to kind of have your, your elevator speech, you know, yeah, but to, to be able to explain to parents why you're doing what you're doing and that it's it's not meant to be a divisive. It's actually meant to be quite the opposite. It's, it's meant to bring the kids together. Of course. And create understanding, and that's not the only world music experience they're going to have all year. They're going to have world music experiences from lots of different cultures. Right. You just happen to pick that one for this day. <laughs>
1: it just happened, <laughs> just happened in to. the car I in decided in the car on the way there. Yeah. <laughs> what I really like is in the second one when she plays the the music and asks, "Okay, what language are are they singing in? Where do you think it's from?" And one of the students says Mexico and she says, "Well, that's a great guess, but um and you're close." Does anyone know another country in Central America that starts with L? L? And then a kid goes, El Salvador! And I was like, never in my room <laughs> would my kids get that. No. Not even if I said L?
0: Well, I mean, in my room, yeah, some kids would. The kids whose parents are from El Salvador. <laughs> well, they go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... The default is always Mexico, which, you know, that's fine. That's okay. I mean that that's well then the next thing they would say is Spain
1: because we would establish that it was in Spanish and they would go there.
0: Although it's isn't it funny how sometimes kids don't put together the whole language, Spanish coming from Spain, English coming from England. Mm -hmm. Like I've had to explain that. More times than I thought I should.
1: Yeah. Why aren't we speaking American? Well, honey, you really are. Oh,
0: boy. That brings up a whole topic, Tanya. (laughs) Let's move on. Yeah, let's. So, um, what, Alex? It goes back again talking about authenticity, which, again, I appreciate. I think it's always kind of reiterating for, you know, the reader that, you know, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfectly authentic because they're kids. You're you. Mm -hmm. But you do the very best you can. With, with the time and the research that you're able to do. Right, and
1: that you don't abandon the idea of doing it just because you have metallophones instead of a gamelon. Or, yeah. Or you don't have the specific drums. Yeah, but right. you can
0: still make it work, and it's still worth doing. So that's good.
1: Oh, and I wanted to back up a little bit because, and we talked a little bit off, Mike, about this. Uh, we had been talking in our last podcast and the one before it about... Um, the time that you give to this and how to work it in. And there's a I must say a little bit of a mixed message here because, yeah, they first say this these world music pedagogy lessons can be used as the the center, the the curriculum in your music room. right? And I went, okay, yeah. all right. now they've they went there.
0: right. And then,
1: like shortly thereafter in the next paragraph, they said, well, but if you don't, you can still just, you know, do some adding in of it.
0: Yeah. I, and that's something that I'm still struggling with, you know. And well, I, I think that would be the real hoping challenge. to talk, you know, that we can sometime be able to talk to either Christopher or, Christopher or Amy or both about this, that, you know, especially if you're coming from a background of being a Kodai-inspired teacher or an orphan inspired teacher, whatever philosophy you've kind of always been using, mm-hmm. how can you weave this in in a way that, is valuable to the students, valuable to you, because I mean, there's obviously a tremendous amount of value in this. But how can you weave it into what you're already doing and not just say, "Okay, I'm done. I'm not going to be a code i teacher anymore. I'm just going to do this." Right, because it it's going to be time consuming for sure. So that's... I'm still wrapping my head around that. Like, I know that's what we said we were going to talk about in this episode, but I don't know that I necessarily have all the answers I I'm ready to have I yet. don't have,
1: like, a solid game plan myself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have an idea of where I'd like to go and with what grade level, yeah. but I just... I don't know. Um. Yeah. I mean,
0: something that we do, you know, as, as Kodai educators, is we look for listening pieces to tie in to whatever, you know, rhythmic, melodic element you're working on. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, you've just presented Ray, then you can, you know, do the... The second the, movement of the Jacques, for example, oh. and have the kids hand sign. I was going
1: to say uh, Bizet's Clarion Ostinato. Oh, that's a middle good one. Right, yes, right, yes. right.
0: But there you go. There, the, the first two things that popped into our head
1: are, are white, Western European, European <laughs> dead
0: men. Yeah. So, what? How can we incorporate some of these ideals into that? But then it gets into this whole hang-up of so many of these world music cultures. Are not transmitted through literacy. They're transmitted through, you know, oral traditions. Right. So is that going against some of those oral traditions? if we're extracting, you know, true Kodai teachers, we're all about extracting those melodic and rhythmic things to have the kids latch on to.
1: Well, and if you're if your Kodai sequence, if we're going to talk about you know the Kodai philosophy and the sequence being so important in a Kodai curriculum and the sequence of melodic and rhythmic elements that you're teaching is based off of the body of song literature from the mother tongue, from the area that you're teaching. Right. And so we talk a lot about, okay, if you're teaching mostly native American students, if you're teaching like on a reservation, that is going to dictate, you know, which melodic elements you teach first and rhythmic elements you teach first. So what if you're doing a world music pedagogy, focus and you're probably not teaching one culture for the whole year right well how does that how do you fit that in with any kind of sequence that you exactly. might be used to
0: yeah so i mean that's definitely not gonna like be a clean thing it's not it like it can't just... drive
1: your sequencing no, of musical can't. elements
0: it can't um So then, yeah, it would be, like, an additional thing, and then it goes back into, like, the time element. Right. I feel like I barely have time to cover, you know, the Kodai sequence that I've developed and that I feel very passionate and strongly about, in addition to our district music standards that we're supposed to cover and the national standards we're supposed to cover. You know, like there's so much that we are supposed to do. And then so adding on these things that we know are valuable and important, but, oh, my gosh, when am I going to do all of it? Right. That's the scary part. Well, and then So I... how can I weave this into, I guess, what I'm trying to say, are the things that either I'm already doing or I know I'm supposed to do.
1: Right. Well, and then you know, this whole – um having so many cultures um being a combination of so many different cultures is this just changing everything as far as uh what we consider to be the body of songs that we use right and does it also call into question what is music literacy according yes. to this? These ideas, because there's a lot of talk about learning through an oral, and oral tradition, mm-hmm. and how there's so many cultures that use that primarily, right? Yeah. And are we going to get to the point where we abandon um, reading notated music? You know, I, I can't see that happening. And it's interesting because they they really specify um, that. It can be common in elementary schools uh, for there to be a lot of oral and oral instruction and learning, and then in the high school, secondary school level, it's mostly reliant on the reading. Right. Right. Yeah. Because so, you're in
0: these performance-based classes where you're just learning literature.
1: Right. So I don't. I can't see music, the music ed world at large, like letting go of the idea of of having music notation as, like... A, I, don't
0: think I, sh- I don't think we should. No, I, I mean, don't I, think that yeah. we should
1: either. I mean,
0: it's an important tool to be able to transmit, you know, ideas. But doing it, you know, orally as well is also important. So,
1: Well, it would be really interesting, yeah, all of these examples at the end of many of the chapters where they talk to these great music teachers who are incorporating things, yeah. or maybe not even incorporating, maybe they're just doing them It would be. I would like to see like a a deep dive, yeah, into what they're doing in their classroom, you know, throughout the year. Like, what does a yearly plan look like in third grade for? Um, one, of, one of the teachers that's featured in this book.
0: Yeah, I would like to see that, too. Yeah, how often are you, are you doing these world music experiences? Is it every class, every day? Are you weaving it into other things? Yeah. yeah. Well, and during the training well. in
1: Seattle, this must come up. I mean, this must be huge. Oh,
0: I'm sure, because, you know, most teachers aren't teaching this way, I mm-hmm. would go on a limb to say. Well, sure. Whether you're using a textbook series or using a district-provided curriculum, you know, this is going to be something probably new for most of us. So I'm thinking a lot of people will have those thoughts of, ah, there's just one more thing. How do I do this? So it's a lot.
1: Yeah, it's a lot.
0: One way that I think, you know, and to think about incorporating this in a way that would at least feel natural to the students is to definitely join up with classroom teachers and see what they're doing and letting that kind of drive what you choose, at least. It doesn't necessarily solve the time issue. But, you know, if I know, for example, the fourth graders are doing unit on Native Americans or whatever it might be. Actually, third grade does. Third grade does. Yeah. Yeah. So then that would be a good time for me to look for some of those authentic world music, you know, pedagogy experiences to tie into what they're doing.
1: And, And from what I understand, Native American culture specifically is kind of fraught with, I mean, depending on the tribe. They're kind yes. of fraught with don't use our music at all. Yeah, that might. It's not, be not authentic, a great example. right? They're, <laughs> they're, well, when the, in the talk of in this chapter about authenticity, yeah. they even mention that, like, right? And, they, and and rightly so. Native Americans, like you know, haven't you done enough? Can you <laughs> leave you us leave alone?
0: The, yeah, leave us be. Um,
1: don't imitate our music. Just right. let us be. Um, well, at
0: least for some of those listeners. And I things, can't speak
1: then. for all of the Native well, of Americans, course. of course. Um, but. I do worry about being authentic with that and, and even the I do have some songs that I use and I always feel a little bit uncomfortable thinking is this really the best the most authentic that I can get with this and um, I don't have any way I mean I don't have a a, a, a source to really go to you know right so I don't know. But it is in the third grade curriculum, so that's a great tie-in.
0: Right. Well, and that's just an example. I mean, it could be anything along those lines. Right. I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, the first graders are reading a folk tale from Germany. So, mm-hmm. you know, you tie in some authentic German right. you know, music and, and in folk second songs. second grade, and... I did my
1: folk song. Exactly. Uh, you know, my folk tales from around the world. And yeah. Yeah. However, I, I did do, like, I did compose some music for that. Right. Because I, I, I did not go and find music from Gabon. Actually, I did. It was recorded music, and it was yeah. awesome, and the kids listened to it, but there was no way we could have recreated it. Yeah. It was just, there was no way.
0: Right. Well, and that's they talked that a lot about this in the book is your music selection and, you know, making sure that if you are going to choose something that you are wanting the children to to actually perform mm-hmm. independently, right? That you're mindful of what you're choosing, yeah. So you and and very to not be <laughs>
1: well, but to not be negative about it, because I right. just said that there's no way. And honestly, I did not look hard enough.
0: Well, and I, I think d- that's really what this comes down to, right? right? And I did not it's, take the time. It's the research piece on our part as teachers, the research to find the culture pairs, to find the authentic music, the recordings,
1: and like Amy and Christopher said, say in the book, they're like. Yeah, it's time consuming. It's not going to happen in thirty minutes, and uh, you have the summer. <laughs> I know. I like that too. I was like, "Oh, but of it's course.
0: true," because yeah, that's when a lot of that that deep diving you yeah know, can happen is in the summer, and I mean, obviously, taking the course would be great. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I think you and I are both interested in looking Wouldn't into. Wouldn't that be so much fun to
1: be in Seattle for like a week? Oh I yeah. is it a week or is it more than that?
0: I don't know, but it does sound lovely. Yeah, but. So, to wrap it up, world music pedagogy. yeah, oh, you have no, no, thing? I wanted to say that oh, I
1: really yeah. appreciated um the talk about how we do this uh, general generalization or eschewing essentializing, um, that too often we take these, you know, many, many, many countries and just lump them all together. And like they say, unfortunately, there have been many more. Examples of essentializing when studying musical cultures over the years, with the most common being the entire continent of of Africa, Africa, where over 1,500 languages are spoken.
0: Yeah, and that's something I've been trying to... If you don't do your research, you'd be like,
1: "Hey kids, this song's from Africa." Yeah,
0: I really try not to say that. This song's from the the
1: Milky Way.
0: But I mean, I can't say that I'm that conscious about like Native American. Like we said, like Mm -hmm. I don't always say like this is Chipilwa. This is what tribe or yeah. yeah. So just everything. I feel like I gotta
1: up my game. Well, a start could be. I just thought of this: is going through one song collection. Yeah. And making sure that you have really good notes, and you can and you can research it as much as you, I'm I'm doing a heavy sigh because my song collection
0: is a bit of a just a mess. But um, no, I totally agree.
1: And there are some resources, and they list those. Of course, the Smithsonian Folkways recordings and the website, the Cultural Heritage website, um, is a great place to start. And yeah, you just have to. I think though it would well. So going into one song collection and thoroughly researching those maybe would would bring you to an idea of where you would want to go. That's true. But probably within your school, there's there might be a culture bearer, mm-hmm. or there might be um, a group of kids, you know, maybe have ten percent, um, you know, El Salvadorian kids. Sure. And and that's way to go too. Um, and I the. The thing that came to mind for me, which is kind of interesting, is we have a second grade teacher and he, um, he is not from Thailand, but his wife is, and mm-hmm. he's traveled there lots and he's very knowledgeable. And I mean, and she's the culture bear, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, his, um, his grown-up son actually, uh, studied world music yeah. at CU. And, um, so I was thinking, wow, I, what a great resource. because. Yeah. His wife's a culture bearer, but also his son might be willing because he's studied right the music. Have like. him come in. and So he's not he's a culture bearer. He's like a culture... Oh, I forget what they call it. It's not culture bearer by proxy, but um, there was another name. There was a term. There was a term.
0: Culture bearer once removed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And actually, think about it. Going back to what we were saying about the current events, if we were in school mm-hmm. when this the Thai, the boys, the soccer team uh-huh. who got stuck in the cave. That was Thailand, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something kids can relate to. I yeah. mean children. Being stuck in a cave. Well can... not being stuck in a cave, but <laughs> kids in a perilous situation yes. who are able to get out and, you know, you could bring in some music from Thailand, like right there. That yeah. that's a really interesting connection to to what they're thinking about. Yeah. Well, awareness just... to just awareness of kids to, to current events. I mean other than presidential stuff, I feel like uh, my kids don't really know a lot about current events. They're not, like, reading the newspaper. And, I mean, frankly, their parents. I mean, as adults, I don't read the newspaper. I'm getting most of my news, like, on podcasts and the radio. and yeah. Things that my kids aren't necessarily seeing, which generally is probably okay. The news can be a little bit scary. Yeah. But I think it's kind of neat to think about ways as music teachers to bring in current events. That's not something I've ever really thought about before.
1: No, I hadn't either because you just gotta um, you gotta snap to it,
0: and I feel like that's always like in the camp of oh the classroom teacher does that
1: oh you the know classroom I mean. teacher does not but have they're the also time.
0: equally overwhelmed exactly yeah, so they
1: have so much
0: anyways I'm going back to the current events thing but so know. is
1: that what you're gonna start with this next year's well Thailand?
0: maybe well no I mean maybe that's too long when that actually happened compared to hey kids of year. do you remember when do the you remember soccer team when the kids were stuck in the cave. Well, I mean, the World Cup, there's probably a lot of kids who are relating to the World Cup, so we'll see who wins that. And maybe you could tie... That's happening, happening. like, now.
1: Oh, all I know (laughs) know is Germany got out early on, and England got out, out. and that was very sad. Uh, Yeah, I don't know who's on now.
0: Oh, shoot, I don't if remember If you're listening either. to
1: this in the future, then you know, or you don't yeah. care.
0: Yeah, that's probably already done by the <laughs> time you listen to this. Well, no, but yeah, you could take whoever wins the World Cup, and then you could. you could create a world music pedagogy thing around that.
1: Or, and I remember David Rao speaking to this, he used the Olympics. Oh, that's right, right? yeah. Yeah, so, so I think
0: there's ways to do it.
1: Maybe you have enough time, since the Olympics just happened, now you have enough time to really get some research done. Before the next Olympics. Where is it? Uh, I don't remember. I I really don't know either, but let's start (laughs) researching right now, and then maybe I'll I'll be ready for it. Yeah. So so I was thinking either Thailand, because I do have somewhat of a connection. Yeah. But um, the other thing that I was thinking of is that it just, the fourth grade— and my daughter's going to be in fourth grade, so of course, you know, that yes. helps too. But fourth grade um, does the continent of Africa, but I thought, you know, I personally have always loved music from Ghana, like yes. spe- specifically, you know, drumming from right. Ghana. Right, And I actually do have a couple of recordings of like, I guess, the equivalent of like pop rock groups right. from Ghana. And I thought, well, that that's something. I don't know any culture bearers offhand, but maybe there are. And I know that in fourth grade they don't really get deep with Africa, right? But maybe I can, right? Yeah. And also that would be an opportunity to drive home the whole like here's one country in Africa, right? And here's well, one... and that's also
0: an easy way to tie in. Mean, you could do kind of Western Africa, like you right. could do a couple of countries that have very similar yeah styles. But yeah, you're right, and, and that's something I'm always working on too. With yeah. like I said, with Africa, is making terms. And of I have a very nice,
1: authentic djembe. Yeah, good. Um, that you know, is not, a, is not a rainbow remo no, from West like music. A, it's uh, like a real one. Yeah, yeah, it's good. from a real village. I have all the.
0: Yeah, yeah. That anyway, would be great.
1: So those were my thoughts, but I really haven't gone much further than that.
0: Yeah, me too. I kind of wrap my head around it, but. But just overall a great read. I mean I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you've probably been reading Otherwise, And if you haven't I'm sorry, that's probably been a boring podcast. We've but not you not really been... should yes. purchase the book. I mean just I mean, I was just flipping through while you were talking. I was listening too, I promise. But like all the indexes and all of the the resources that they list throughout the book, I mean there are a lot of specific things that they put in there to help you get started. Yes. And And at the end of the book,
1: they give very specific, like, okay, here's what could happen in class one, class two. And I really appreciate that because it's short lesson segments.
0: Yeah. And they have a great list of references in the back. So if you're looking for books or um, websites or other places to go, they have a ton of resources too. Yes. And
1: there's all the, um, you get to hear all the recordings because there's a link there. Yes. That, uh, You can access all the recordings.
0: So it's definitely a worthy book to have on your bookshelf.
1: I'm really glad that we read it. Me too. It was, yeah, the whole thing is a tad overwhelming because now I'm like, okay, um, I got to just pick like one thing to go with.
0: That's a testament to the fact that we liked it because if we didn't like it, we would have been like, oh, I'm not going to do this anyways. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But the fact that we are appreciating this and we like the idea, now we have to find the time to do it.
1: That's what it's all about.
0: Always back to the time. But you know,
1: summer, it's going to keep going and going. So uh, it's
0: almost done. I know.
1: Don't talk. Don't speak of this. Um, (laughs) Apparently, there's already like ads for back to school. Back to school stuff.
0: Yeah. Scary. That's
1: sad. But yes. Anyway, if, if there's anything that can rev you up and get you excited about like experiencing and teaching new stuff, this would be the way to go. Yeah. Like.
0: And there's a whole series. So if you teach other grade levels besides elementary, there's.
1: I don't think the choral one is out yet. And yeah. that's going to be really awesome.
0: There's going to be more coming out. Volume three is about secondary school innovations. Oh, volume yeah, Karen four okay. is instrumental music education. There's volume five, choral music education. And then there's a volume six, school community intersections oh, that sounds really dr. Cool Campbell's too. on that one yes so That'd I don't be know fascinating. if these have come out yet or will be coming out but
1: well and definitely then I, I'm, volume I'm one early childhood education I I'm kind of tempted to yeah I, I'm interested
0: in circling back to that too to how how do you break this down for the littles
1: and yes. give them
0: authentic experiences that aren't babyish quote-unquote yes. but that are applicable you know and
1: appropriate mm-hmm. well so. just teaching some um, very very generalized world music through Music Garden, yeah, with the five-year-olds.
0: That's true. Yeah, that we have was, some experience. With yeah, that,
1: that was but, a very fascinating experience because, like you were mentioned in the last podcast, like they have no clue about anything—a country versus a city versus <laughs> right. a, yeah.
0: I mean, as they shouldn't if they're four or five years old. Yeah, but then you yeah. have to really kind of have to pick your battles. Like, what am I going to get into with this? Uh, yeah, know?
1: and then they grasp onto different strange things. Yeah. That um, sometimes drive, you know, the whole uh, experience further right. in, in a good way. And then sometimes, not like, just get really <laughs> off goes track. Goes
0: off on a tangent. Yeah, like
1: they'll see something funky on a map and they just can't. They can't get over it's, it. It's like in the book when they talk about when you play a piece of music that has something that's really unique. Yeah. And the kids are like, they can't stop focusing on the... Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Like the, the the yell of enthusiasm. What do you call that? Oh, I, uh,
0: the, there's the,
1: several. Di- the, in, gr- in different cultures, grito, it's called.
0: Grito? Is that what it's yeah. called? Oh, no. I forgot what it's called. In but I get what cultures, you're different you know, Yes,
1: different. But that whole, like, so, Yeah, the shout-outs. They, they
0: become fixated on something. Yeah, I hear what you're right. saying. But, yeah, I would be interested to read Volume 1 as yeah. well.
1: But we were not going to do a book club on it anytime soon. No, but
0: hey, we would love for your feedback on this book club thing. If, if you've
1: gotten this far, then please tell you've us. If you make it this
0: far, because I mean, we could plan this for next summer, or maybe even a short one over winter break. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. About maybe, that. Not. maybe not.
1: Maybe. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking, speaking too soon. But I mean, summer. I think definitely, and I know a few people I've seen have popped up on some of the different Facebook groups about how they're encouraged to read or they're able to get. Clock hours for their their district if they read a book, and oh, so maybe really? we could like be your sign off for like, hey, I read this book. And
1: I don't think we can make your cliff notes, but we can definitely no, no, no,
0: not your cliff notes, but we can like write an email to your principal or something if you need us to. But
1: I <laughs> some mean, random teacher from Colorado writes you. Yeah, a, I yeah, mean we okay.
0: can't like get you college college credits or anything like no,
1: that. No, I but have no powers. We can
0: vouch for you that you read the book. But anyways, yeah, we'd love to hear some feedback of whether you you liked the book club, you know, idea. Oh. That's Toby, my cat, saying hi. Um, if you like the book club idea or, you know. Not.
1: And if you have suggestions of books that you would love to um, hear us talk about. Yeah. That would be an awesome thing as well.
0: Yes. Yes. Coda section where we each give a personal or professional recommendation. And
1: Tanya, you're up. Okay. It's going to be personal. (laughs) Okay. Because it's it's summer. summer And (laughs) so I'm going to keep things a little lighter. Uh, I started watching a television show that I hadn't been watching on the plane because, well, you know, on the plane back from Germany. um, We were on the plane for an extra, like, what, two, three hours than we were supposed to be? Oh, and uh, you can only watch The Greatest Showman so many times. Oh,
0: I don't know. I could watch it many times. <laughs> Actually, my daughter
1: watched it like four <laughs> times. Yes. I kept looking over and going, But she's singing
0: you me? with headphones? She was. On? And everybody could hear her? No. And it wasn't that loud? No, it wasn't that loud. It was, <laughs> I love it. it was when precious kids do that. I love it.
1: I almost took a video. All right. Uh, but anyway, so I was flipping around. I'm like, oh, I've seen this one. I've seen this thing. I've seen. And uh, I started watching a show. Uh, that's on network television that I've not seen before that I'd heard about called Speechless, oh, with uh, Mini Driver,
0: oh yeah, and Minnie Driver
1: finally gets to use her authentic English accent. Oh, good. And she's the mom of three kids, and she and her husband have these three kids, and the oldest one, um, he has cerebral palsy.
0: Oh, I have seen a thing about yeah, this, and he's but in I a wheel wheelchair, okay. and
1: he's speechless. Okay. Um, so. So it's about their whole, uh, family and it's very, um, kind of snarky. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're kind of uncouth in there right. and, the, and the mother is, she's very in your face and she's always advocating for her son. And, yeah. but it's something that me and my son watched together on the airplane, even though we were on separate TVs. Oh yeah. Um, because I watched the first one, I was like, Hey dude, you'd really like this one. You should watch it. Oh. And then I like synced up with him. Um. And he laughed. And and that seems to be the only thing that makes him laugh lately is like snarky or slightly dark or inappropriate things. Because he's a middle schooler. Yeah. (laughs) I think this is normal. So I've just decided to embrace it instead of tisking him all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. So there's some common ground in this show, Speechless. Uh And it's really, it's really good. So there's
0: one season of it?
1: No, there's like two seasons of it. Really? Yeah. And you can watch it on Hulu.
0: Oh, I don't have Hulu. Oh, well, I need to get, we've talked about this. I think I need to get the Hulu. I'm sure
1: it's on other platforms, um, yeah. in other ways, but it's really enjoyable. It's good. Okay. And the whole family has watched it, and and there's been a couple of um, times that I've flinched, like that maybe my daughter shouldn't be in there. just a couple of like too much sex talk. Right. But not overall. Not too bad. It's been really, it's been really good. And also, and this is I'm sorry, like a double endorsement. Um, Go for it. That it, the, One of the reasons that I um, was interested in it was, well, I like Mini Driver, and it was a comedy. Um, and I'm trying to make sure I get this book right. So there was a book that I read to my daughter not very long ago, and it's a young adult book. Well, not even a young adult book. It's like a, a kid book, and it's called Out of My Mind. And the main character, she has cerebral palsy. Oh, wow. And she is also speechless. And she is extremely intelligent, and she's got, like, a photographic memory. Yeah. And she um, gets on the, um, like, quiz team at her school. Oh. And it's it's just a, it's a really good read. Oh, interesting. And I just – we really liked the book, and I thought it was perfect for my daughter at that age. I mean, for any age, but – this whole thing of you don't know what's going on in somebody's head yeah and you can't judge somebody by their appearances so what you their know abilities. this first person account from this girl who can't speak but she's you know very aware of everything that's going on wow. and like this television show speechless it's very yeah. clear that this
0: he's very intelligent he's
1: very intelligent he knows yeah. exactly what's going on he just simply can't speak Wow. And is in a wheelchair. Okay. So anyway, Out of My Mind is the book, and I'll put a link, and then Speechless is the show. Okay. There you go.
0: Wow. Well, yours are classy. Mine's really not classy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny. It's not classy. It's just (laughs) television, man.
0: So I'm going to uh, recommend an album for your listening pleasure. Oh but my gosh! Be careful with the kids on this one. So it's an album. Do by... we still say albums? I well, I'm calling it an album. Okay. You Do you know... have the vinyl LP? I don't. <laughs> I mean, no. So it's it's a it's comedic. So it's by um a, a comedic actor H John Benjamin. I think he just goes by John John or Jonathan Benjamin. Um, I guess he's in shows. I think he's in like. Does a voice for that Bob's Burger show, which I don't watch, but oh, what's his name? John Benjamin. Oh, he used to be on Dr. Katz.
1: I don't know this. Oh, okay. Well, hey, Dr. Katz fans. Okay. You know, anybody out there? Not Probably to watch not. That.
0: Yeah, he's on yeah. a lot of quirky things. He's hilarious. Um, I I mean, I think I know who he is in general, but he was on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, which is how I get all of my information. <laughs> well, of course. And um, he has a jazz album called Well. I should have learned how to play the piano.
1: And hey, that could be my memoir. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't want to, like, give away the whole thing, but it's so funny because the general premise is he can't play the piano, but he gets all these jazz musicians in a room, and they're jamming, and then all of a sudden he starts to play, and it's just horrible. So is
1: it a comedy album? It's or a is it comedy
0: a- album because of how bad it is, but it's, like, it's hilarious because, you know, it kind of speaks to well what is jazz it's a little out there i'm personally not huge into jazz so i find it to be oh, hilarious if you're, if you're i love jazz. if you're hardcore jazz you might be offended and there are some tracks that involve speaking so again, i love being offended lots of wait. profanity like lots of profanity so oh, just okay. be careful but the the instrumental tracks are like i can't play piano part one I Can't Play Piano Part 2. <laughs> There's a lot of those. Anyways, it's hilarious. I have played the instrumental ones for my son, who's learning to play the piano, and uh-huh. he thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. So just be careful. But That sounds perfect
1: like, for my son. Yeah,
0: he would love it. And if I remember correctly, I'll have to listen to it again, but the story he told on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and who knows if it's true, but it was funny, was that he got all these really great jazz musicians, and they did not know it was a joke. So the first song, they're like jamming, jamming, jam, and then all of a sudden he goes to play a solo, and they're like... What is going on? Like <laughs> the same way we, as the listeners, are thinking that, and they were like really angry because they found out it was just a big joke, and then they kind of got behind it. Were and, they being paid? I well, they they got paid, and well, you know. Then, if you're you a know. jazz musician getting paid, then, then hey, <laughs> you're happy. But um, I mean, like I said, who knows if that story is really true? Maybe they were in on the joke the whole time. But the whole premise is funny, and you know, I would think after listening like thirty seconds, I would get over it. But I like listen to the whole album and really truly laugh. Nice. Like a lot. So, what's it yeah. called again? It's called. Well, I should have learned how to play the piano, and it is on Spotify because I found it on Spotify. Oh, and so who's, we'll put what's a link his name to again. Uh, John Benjamin. Yeah, or John yeah. He, Benjamin. The
1: Doctor Cat's son. No.
0: Oh, and I don't have to look up what that is.
1: But... Oh, I love Doctor Cat. Okay. Yes.
0: Take your word for it, but it's funny.
1: We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show
0: notes can be found at Teaching Music, Tanya's Kodai Aspiring Blog. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk.
1: If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you heard this podcast. Uh, This helps others find the podcast.
0: In our next episode, we are going to be recording from CSU, Colorado State University, during the Colorado Kodai Institute Levels Program. Tanya's teaching Level 1, and I'm up there just assisting and being an interim co-director for the summer and just helping out. Um, Anyways, we are going to do a little question-answer session we, we are inviting people to submit questions about Levels, What what is it like to be in a Levels program, what to expect if you've never done it before and you're thinking of it, um, or just anything Kodai-related in general. We would be happy to chat with you. Um, so hop on over to our Facebook page, and we have a post there where you can submit your questions, and we'll also have something on our Instagram uh, account as well. Yes. So until next time, this
1: is Carrie And this is Tanya, wishing you happy musicking you <laughs>